Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Guys, we got we got to talk to Jack about this. It's it's not good. It's it's getting out of hand. Yeah, I'm waiting for this moment. We just we need to just get this out of the way. He's uh, all, he's our friend. We need to help him. I told him to come on, um, but we've we just got to discuss this. It's not oh, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jack, boys, I am ready to talk the professional wrestling. Where we start uh, with Dynam- Dynamite last night. I want to talk about the return of those fans in Miami. Jack, um, we're we're not doing the show today. This is this is actually have a seat. Have a seat, Jack. Are you already, you're sitting. I'm already uh, sitting. This is this carrying cross love, Jack. It's it's getting out of control. I don't know who you. For everyone, do you not see how this is like us. tearing us apart? Yeah. Like this is completely ripping the distraction apart. It's it's tough, Jack. It's tough to see you go down this road, and you've affected me. You've affected Joseph. You've you've affected O'Neill, and and we just want to have a couple words about this. We've we've prepared words to let you know that how this has affected us and really hurt us and really hurt the show. Joseph, go ahead. I mean, I you know I have my stuff here, but I want to talk in the heart because Jack's one of my best friends and. For many years of my life, NXT was the show for me to watch for escapism. And everyone knows how much I loved it when it moved to the USA Network, you know? And I used to chant along, fool, and pro would do it. And now every time the smoke comes down and I see that guy, all I can think about is my friend Jack and what he's going through. And and I know he's having sleepless nights just waiting for for Cross to land on WrestleMania and, and beat Roman Reigns and all this good stuff. And it just stresses me out. I can't. I can't do it anymore, Jack. You're hurting me. You're hurting the rest of me. That's just me. It, you're, you're ruining my favorite show, plain and simple. O'Neill, Jack. At first, I thought when you were doing all this carrying cross stuff, it was just a bit. But then I found out that you were serious about it, and it really did hurt me. He has ruined NXT to the point where they need Johnny Gargano to come save the promotion. Do you know how tough that is? And you sit here. And you prop this guy up on a weekly basis, and I just can't let you do this anymore as a friend. Jack, I've got I've got my notes here, and it's 
it's tough, Jack, seeing you go down this road with, with Carrie and Cross, you know, I didn't even realize what you were doing when I tweeted who's the top baby face. And you were like, Karen Cross, like, who? Who is the top baby face? It's not this guy. You have to understand that he is just, he's not that great. And we don't want to see you prop up a wrestler who just draws 600,000 each week on top. It's tough, Jack. You should not do that. You're free to speak. Well, you know, I appreciate you guys doing this. I really do. I really appreciate you guys showing what kind of fucking nerds you are. Because that's what this is about. You and everybody else, you're all mad because Killer Cross, an actual professional wrestler, comes into the territory and he kicks the shit out of your little indie guys. What happened at the last NXT pay-per-view, huh? Huh? What do you do to all those nerds in the ring? Wiped them out and everyone crying about it. You guys want professional wrestling back? Here comes this guy built like an actual prof- a Greek god with his goddess next to him. And you guys shit on him? This is a... No, I don't have the problem. You guys have the problem. You know what wrestling has turned into? A factory for nerds. And I said, psychosis! This was all pals and O'Neal. Such a feud from the jaws of victory with the poker Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I think that worked, Joseph. I think we got through to Jack. Oh. I'm lightheaded from that shit, man. That was <laughs> Jack was guys listen, I know I pull the curtain back every week. I'm gonna do it again. Jack was like he was given the instruction here from us as directors that he was gonna have like a line <laughs> a line of dismissal and like storm off. And instead, Jack just did like a two-minute promo on us being nerds. <laughs> I didn't know if he was gonna storm off, so that's why I still backstage. Hold on. <laughs> Jack, I didn't know if you were gonna storm off, so I was like, I gotta hit the intro. I don't I don't know when he's gonna he stop. Just, just bury us. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know it was funny? I was getting up out of the chair. I know. I and did tell after I hit the intro. The problem was I the way my brain works, I only had one nerds line in there, but then I thought, oh wait, the second one's really good. I gotta fire this one off really quick. <laughs> factory, a factory of nerds. <laughs> Oh, good lord. We got to talk about no, but in all man. seriousness, cross rolls. No, get out of here, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, everyone. A lot of super chats. We're the distraction, fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert. Joined, as always, Joseph Holbert. Joseph, how are you doing on this fine Thursday evening, afternoon, wherever it is, your time? I'm terrific, Jeremy. I mean, you know, for the last month, we've been kind of looking ahead, right? To this month of July, I've been looking ahead, looking ahead. Chapter one feels like it's kind of, you know, in the books now after last night. And I think it's fair to say that our positivity and our optimism was was well-placed. Like, I had a lot of fun last night. I'm excited to talk about it, the ups, the downs, all the good, the bad. It's good. This is good. I'm telling you, Jeremy, I know you're, you know, you're a little bit close to it. I get that. 
I've, I really think this next few months are worth, you know, getting on the roller coaster a little bit and having some fun with it. You know, it really feels like a time of excitement, even if it will only be brief for some of these promotions. I, I'm very excited. Last night was a great show from, mm-hmm. from Dynamite. Um, we'll see what happens when, when fans come back with WWE. A lot of, we've got MLW this weekend, the major leagues. Joseph, don't know if you heard about them. Uh, ROH, best in the world. Honor is real. They have the best talent in the world. Uh, Impact Slammiversary next weekend. And then WWE. Like, so by, uh, by next week, the top companies, all the fans will, will be back in the United States. So it's, uh, it's good to see. And hopefully these companies got something, they're going to do something good with it and not take these uh, fans for granted in the returns for granted either. Let's uh, do a bunch of super chats here. We've got a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of super chats, Joseph. Mm-hmm. I think people, people are excited about the, the five year anniversary of Fightful. I've met Jimmy Van yesterday. That seemed, that seemed to go well. I didn't get fired. That was good. Right. When, when, how, what happened? On the show. I did a run in on their show. Oh, I thought you meant like shoot me. I was like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, they're face to face, not like shoot. Uh, but yes, uh, JJ always, always leading us off. JJ, hello, my favorite big stars. Hope today has been well for both of you. Uh, AW Share knows how to book Joe's NWA. It's coming home. Love you both. It Is it coming be. home, Joseph? This I, is what I've heard. I'm, listen, I'm gonna be honest, this might be some loser shit. I don't really care. <laughs> if you'd have told me when Southgate got that job, we'd make a semi final or a final. I'm cool, you know. I'm very proud of that team. Proud's a, it's a lame word, right? Like I didn't play, but like the country really likes that team very much. Team which is not always the case. When I was a young man, people hated the England team. You know, they're all assholes. We like this team. We connect to this team. It's very good. Ricardo El Idolo del Distraction. A couple of dollars inside the show, right? Hello, boys. Hello, Ricardo. That rules. Changed his name. <laughs> tremendous, tremendous name. He he uh he messaged me yesterday and was like what's the link to distraction choice i want to sign up and the link everybody is patreon.com slash the distraction you can go there be like ricardo and sign up indeed it's it's shit isn't it <laughs> it's just awful i hear you're you know? doing 24 features for july that 30. is not patreon i want to be clear about that do not force advertise that jeremy that is not paid content why it's not just you know well it'll be on wrestling with tapes because i want to just I, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I want to see if I got my fastball, Jeremy. You know, you know, some some of the great rappers in in the game will sometimes just be like, "I'm just going to drop some shit and see if it's good." I'm going to see if this is good. I have about four days to write twenty four features. God bless. You got this. JK Shaw says major PTSD from PS Five shopping with all with the all out pre sale gimmick this morning. Did you get tickets, JK Shaw? I have secured tickets. I will be there. Uh, I don't have a PS Five though. Somebody send me a PS Five. I don't want to pay for it. Just, just send it to me. Joseph, send me yours. You probably don't play yours. I don't play it, but it's still yeah. it's a it's matter of pride and reputation. Just send it to me. I just hang uh, one out the window to show off. <laughs> but Ryan says, glad to see Jack get the help he needs. This money is for anyone else suffering through cross crossaholism. Actually, crossaholism. Yes. More fightful five-year graphics coming. Love you, workhorse and king. Just great, great job by by Bud Ryan on those graphics. It's tremendous. He, he had me as Eddie Kingston. I was doing. Yeah, that song. was very good. Was I was. In, I, I was hoping no one would would you know would dunk on that one because I was very happy with it. It was very funny. <laughs> Joseph Uri says, first time watching the distraction live. Good luck to England this Sunday. Thanks, Joseph. Appreciate you tuning in. No problem. I'm here every week. 
And Frank Aguilar says, love Jimmy putting the distraction over. Joe, keep plugging away. You're a talented young guy. Oh, young, talented guy. Mm. Uh, I can't wait for BPW week, and I still need to make a Twitter to understand half of your reference. You should do that. Don't Just do that. Twitter. Don't, don't do it. It's shit. Wow. It's awful. Twitter is horrible. Wow. You know, actually, shout out to Frank, because I, I had I posted this thing on Patreon, and he, he commented with saying similar to that. Um, sometimes my patrons have to remind me that I'm a young fuck and not an old grizzled veteran. Because yeah. you see these, you see these characters, you know, Jeremy, they come in and out. You know that promo last night with Ethan Page and Darby? And Ethan was like, yes, I think he's absolute bullshit that you made it here before me. That's <laughs> Ethan Page in that moment was me looking at everyone. That was me right there. So I, I appreciate that. It was, that was nice. So, no, it's true. I, I am very young and talented. <laughs> Good job. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, well, let's let's go with AEW here, Joseph. Fans are back in Miami. One fan got punched by Chris Jericho. <laughs> See Chris going into motion there, man. He got into like a fucking shooter stance. He popped me. <laughs> Look, guys, if you're going on these shows, I'm glad. I'm glad fans are back. Don't be an idiot, okay? Just don't do that. Um, the big thing that happened on AEW last night, I think we can all agree, Cody defeating QT Marshall in the South Beach strap match, just burying the young talent of QT Marshall by hitting him with like 18 crossroads and then tagging all four corners. Cody lives another day to fight and destroy everyone underneath him. Who is next for Cody to bury, Joseph? I mean, we know who's next for Cody. He will not be burying him anytime soon. But I do want to say, it's like, that was a good segue. That it was, was good. It was good. You and I, like, we both, I think, don't think this was a great feud. But like, we also don't give a shit about him beating QT, right? Seriously, like, well, obviously, we know we get the deal. We're happy for QT got that run. I like the match. It was fine. You gotta say though, when you saw that QT didn't get an entrance, brother, that was an all-time code man. Code, <laughs> he got the big entrance, and Q- you can imagine QT being like, so. Like, the only production things that they look for here in this new arena, like on the entrance, like, well, no, we're not actually going to film it. You just walk out and enjoy yourself. Enjoy it. So got the crowd. No, it was fun. First entrance back in front of fans. So like, good. Tremendous play. Tremendous play. And the thing is, it's like, I hope people realize that when we say this stuff, I actually do find it funny, and I'm not yeah. doing it in like a dick quite. Like, I actually think it's funny that Cody does stuff like Because he's self, here's the thing about Cody that's just tremendous. He's self-aware enough to know that if he put, like, the belt on himself, it would be anarchy. But he isn't quite self-aware enough to know how funny some of this other stuff looks. <laughs> so you get the best of both worlds. Uh, you know, I thought it was um, – that match was fine. I wouldn't have had that as the first match of this new – like – Yeah, but we know. Cody shit, right? Yeah, it's, it's Cody shit. Um, I, I have to say this, because you obviously we're going to transition to Tommy End or whatever the – the guy's name now. We're watching this strap match, me and my brother, right? And I'm going, you know, Cody needs a program with a guy who will simplify things and creatively has good instincts and can just, just make him get back on the straight and narrow of a good old-fashioned wrestling feud. My brother's like, yeah, who do you think? I'm like, I don't know. I'd like to see him team with Dust and Sam, or maybe you can... I did not have Tommy End on the shortlist for that role. I'm going to be honest with you. We could be in for something here. Stylistically, this is a choice. Let me tell you. But, like... I'm not a big Tommy Engler. I think you're you're hiring him to me in ring, maybe. I think both of us, like, that's not our kind of characters. Yeah. Like, he's obviously very talented, and if nothing else, the people were fired up about it, which is a lot more important than us two. I mean, the people went wild for him, right? 
it was they got a big pop. They they kind of teased it in the Cody match with the lights going out, and then he came out and he hit Arn, and he was still selling the eye from WWE. He released a vignette. <laughs> he was. He was. I didn't know when it when he when when Bud Murph tweeted him and was like, "What about the steps?" I was like, "What are these guys talking about?" And when I realized <laughs> this was an angle on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. God bless him, man. Attention. Look, here's the thing with that stuff. Because I think it's like I kind of roll my eyes. That does not mean it isn't good, right? Like he's- that's the truth. My my thought on it is like the character itself. Like I don't know if you watched his little Instagram short film that he did. Um, like that stuff. Okay, like that stuff is not for me. Like that that kind of just story and whatnot. Right. I like my my stuff to be a little bit simpler than that. I will say this about Malachi Black is like when he's on the Twitch streams and talking about oh I had this idea and I want to do this Easter egg and I had this and that and everything. I appreciate all this attention to detail and I appreciate that he wants to throw this stuff in there. He was doing it in the wrong company that just doesn't care about this stuff. And it was just never going to work in that company in AEW. I think this will actually get over pretty big and people will go back and be like, Oh, did you see when he did this? Did you see when he did Mm -hmm. that? Like he was telling us this with this little thing. I think it'll actually work in AEW. Again, do I like this kind of like character stuff? No, not really. Do I think that his ideas will come to more fruition and they'll be praised a little bit more because they will uh, see the light of day? Yes, I do. So I think he will do well. Will it be a little too much? And is this the right first guy for him? That That's a different story because I'm not sure Cody is going to be like the, the correct first challenger for this. One thing is like, who's the baby face in the heel? In this one, because the fans want to cheer. He, he's always going to be the baby face. You can, yeah. The crowd will do what they'll do, but Cody's the baby face, you know? I mean, I he agree. Just, Cody is the baby face, but, like, the fans, like, he got the big pop, and yeah, I, I think they're going to continue to cheer him. I don't think they're going to have to do too, too much work to get him to be a heel, but they're going to have to do a little bit of work to get him to be a heel. I also think Cody, maybe I'm being generous here, but, like, Cody can take that bullet, right? Does he care? Like, at this point, honestly. I mean, like, if they cheer him, they cheer him, right? Like, he's putting a wrestling in Chicago. Codeman can walk through the curtain and be like, ah, oh, Smarks right again. You know, like, you know, he's fine. Like, he's very different to sending Darby Allen out there to get food. Cody's, he's bulletproof. He's off his. Like, it's fine. I will say, this is something that really intrigued me about Tommy and Alistair Black, Malachi. Is that right? Malachi. Malachi. Black. One thing that intrigues me about him, I have noticed this is just research based on my feed. He is incredibly over with like actual WWE fans. What I mean by that is fans that love the WWE product, fans that love the WWE product and defend it and like, and that's fine if you like it, you like it. But those fans are like actually upset that he was moved on. And I think he, in his creativity, that you and I may go, oh, you know, who cares? I think he actually intrigues an audience that AEW has very seldom hit. And that does not mean necessarily the ratings are going to go. That's not what I'm saying. What it means is there is a chance that just a little, a tiny percentage of the audience maybe watches a clip as it goes past their feed of him on Dynamite. Do you see what I'm saying? So, for example, an Andrade, you know, we were just talking about Buddy Murphy before we came on the air here. These are guys that I think you and I in our brain plug and play for AEW. I can slot them in exactly where... Everyone is on AW and they fit in perfectly. They're going to have great matches. 
we know that Black can have great matches, but I think he can do something stylistically that's different that can entice a different audience. And I think that's exciting. AEW from the start, sorry, my, my bad, but just it's a variety show. That was always going to, and he, he adds another layer of that to me. Layers. We love layers. I will say this. I don't know how much you care about YouTube views, Joseph. I don't know how much stock anybody wants to put I into care this. Uh, the Jericho MJF segment, 58,000 views. Andrade debut, 152. Young Buck Street Fight, 177. Malachi Black debut, 733. Like, he's he's bringing in some viewership in that way it, with, with the YouTube stuff. I'm maybe, telling you, he's one of the guys that, that that audience truly feels they missed on. He really is. I can't yeah. trust that. And the fact that he was in an angle before he got cut helps, you know? The fact that he stayed relevant before he got because he didn't have, and, and we're, we're about to discuss this, they fucked up. And he only had a 30-day non-compete and instead of a 90-day. And so he was able to get on AEW television pretty quickly, and he was able to stay relevant this whole 30 days by doing Twitch streams, by doing interviews and everything. And then, yeah, he released the vignette that day of, of something. So he was on all the websites like, oh, this is his new name and everything. And then he was on Dynamite that night. Like he stayed in the news cycle very heavy throughout these 30 days and then he showed up on dynamite it wasn't again that waiting game of 90 days it can it can lower you down a little bit if you're not a big name and he didn't have that weight and i'm with you i the the aw audience feels they missed on this guy he's in a he's in an immediate feud with cody so you know like the plans are there right like no offense Mm -hmm. to andrade he comes out with vicky like we both love andrade i think we would take higher or we would take andrade higher on our big board than alistair black but you know, he comes out, he's with Vicky, he wrestles Matt Seidel and everything. They're putting they're putting Malachi right in there with Cody. So they clearly they see something and want to do something with him. I agree, but I will say it was not a coincidence they got Seidel into their rankings before he wrestled. Oh yeah. Him. Yeah. And and I do think, and this is something we all have to mentally lock into as people that enjoy the AEW product as it is. When you sign some of these guys, it's a matter of improving the standard. And what I mean by that is with every top guy, potential top guy you sign, the bottom end of that tier falls out. Do you see what I'm saying? So, like, it may, if you're connected to some of these characters, they may take less important roles. Plain and simple. That's what it is. Okay. I think they'll still be featured. I think they're going to get buried and shit, you know, but that's not how they do stuff. But they're going to slide down a little bit. In the grand scheme of things, when you're trying to paint this picture of what AEW is trying to do, which we have to we have to continue to hit this point, AEW is trying to be like a movement. That's the idea of what this they're trying to do. It's pretty obvious, right? They want to be this sort of grand, all-encompassing league that encapsulates the idea of alternative wrestling. Now, whether you think it's an alternative or not, we could debate that 101 times over, but that's what they're trying. They're trying to get the audience to say, Raw is boring, right? That's, that's what it is, Okay. And when you pick up guys like this, that the audience kind of agrees, oh, man, they're gone, they wasted them already, you're achieving more than just signing a guy to the board. It's a, it's a matter of movement, and it's that idea. It's the it's my friend that doesn't watch AEW but knows about it going, well, they got Black too. they got Andrade too. It makes a difference in terms of relevance. It's not saying they may show up in the TV rings every week, but I do think it matters in terms of just no, everyone understanding what it is. I think it's it's a it's a big thing, you know, and, and what the effect of it long term we'll, we'll see. But like, 
I don't think you miss on guys like this, man. I really just don't. And, you know, there's going to be more to come through because I don't think there will be a done cut. And I tweeted earlier today, I think the brand splits. I mean, that's, you know, to me, that's on borrowed time. So I think you're going to see more and more guys. And the, the non WWE wrestling is about to change dramatically because of it, because the standard will keep going up because the best talent in the world is slowly leaving that one place. It's a very interesting time, Jeremy. Uh, do you think Buddy Murphy ends up there? I'm yeah, pretty sure Buddy Murphy's gonna end up there, you know? And that's not that's not a scoop thing. Like look, I think Buddy is a guy who is his head is on in a way where he's not someone that's like, bring me in and put the belt on me, which yeah. helps him. Because let's be honest, he's not gonna have the belt put on him. He's gonna be in that upper mid slot, right? Good match guy. I mean, I think he's gonna be locked in with with um, with black. I think they have I think they plan to work together. I really do. And and I think, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I think they're hiding it. He, I think he's a guy that, like, you want him on your team, right? You can have great matches, can be a great, fact, like, you know, hand in a faction. And if he gets over, like, for all we know, man, he may unlock parts of his game we haven't seen as a promo and stuff. If that happens, Kenny O'Malley can be like, I'm going to chill and play these video games over here because I'm beaten up. <laughs> Bud Murph's me now. <laughs> you know, like, Bud, Bud you do me because I need to chill. I'm beaten up a little bit. Like, that would be tremendous, but... I, I don't say that much. At this point, I would be surprised if Buddy doesn't end up there yeah. because him and Black seem, I mean, they're pretty open about their relationship on Twitter and, and Buddy and Andrade have a good relationship as well. <laughs> and like you said, Murphy is a guy who he just wants to work, right? That's, that's how a lot yes. of these WWE guys are. Like the, that, this is why FTR wanted out. Is like, you know, we, we'll do like your dumb creative or whatever. Just don't have mm-hmm. us sitting backstage and catering for three months. Like just have us, have us come out there and actually like work and just give us matches and everything. Like that's all buddy Murphy wanted to do. He just wanted to do matches and and they kept them backstage for however long. Like I'm pretty sure Murphy will be happy just like coming in work a 10 minute match on dark, work a 15 minute match on dynamite, 15 minute match on rampage, whatever it might be. Like just keep feeding him consistent work. And I think he'll be happy with that. I agree. And it goes back to that point about being a, this idea of being a movement, right? I mean, I think Bud's story is going to increasingly get out there in the coming weeks, right? Like, Bud Murph is about as outlaw a guy as you can get in that system. That man had to backdoor his way onto television, you know? <laughs> he he really does. And I think people miss this because he's not a big personality. But, like, he truly encapsulates the modern WWE guy that's just lost. He had to, like legitimately like squeeze his way and like you know crawl and hide his way onto 205 live to get on the main roster only to be hidden away again fall into a position and get hidden away i mean he is he's an outlaw he's out now <laughs> so he's, he's going to join the crew of outlaws i'd imagine he's a guy that i just think i think so highly of guys that you can truly plug and play you know and i also think he's got a good mind for it and he, he has good ideas and stuff but like Dude, TV match, 10 minutes, Buddy Murphy. You're cool. You, you can lock that in as good TV. And, and I don't care how many great wrestlers you've got, you can always do with that, right? And now talking about people that slide down, God bless QT Marshall, I think he's done a good job. He slides down, right? If he if he can get on TV, you know, wrestle one match a month, that could be Bud Murphy that does that. And the show just steadily gets better. That's the way I saw it. See it anyway. To me, it's like baby steps. That's the, that's the deal, mate. Each, each guy you bring in, the roster gets deeper. 
Black showing up in AEW, a surprise for a couple of reasons. One, it was 30 days, and again, somebody screwed up there. Uh, how does this happen, by the way? Like, he got brought up in 2019, and they didn't realize, oh, we got to switch his contract over. And so he's like, dude, this was two years ago. You didn't realize this? Yeah, I don't get how this stuff – I really don't understand how this stuff – can they not get a better office administrator? Like – that's what you need, right? You just need a good office administrator. Just get a just, better one. I just think, and, and look, I don't want to make this podcast, you know, fed dead talk. I, you know, I couldn't give a shit really. But do you know, I just think there's, all, there's an awful amount of arrogance that's like just for the longest time has plagued that company, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's the idea that, well, we'll just pay them more, you know, and they'll stay here. And it's like not everyone's <laughs> going to do that, man. I mean, I, look, I love Gallows and Anderson. They were the kind of guys that were like, yeah, cool, okay, you pay us more, and they regretted it. Some of these dudes honestly don't care. <laughs> They're going to go and work elsewhere. And I just think, like, look, I'm not, I'm not here to get hyperbolic or any of that stuff. I, it is what it is. They're bulletproof. They're, they're the, you know, they're they're beyond wrestling and all that good stuff. But you can sense the shift in, in the tides, right, Jeremy? There's a real sense. Just the way people talk about it is different, man. And this is not me saying in one year AEW will be beating them and all that. Like, no, they're in different ball games. I'll say you can you can say maybe beating Raw, I don't know, but like they're beating Raw, they're beating all the other ones. I guess SmackDown does decent. But like what I'm saying is, let's be honest. Even if they were doing that, like let's be real, WWE's just they're doing their own shit, right? They're like they create wrestling exactly. So I'm not going to do that a bit. But what what I am saying is, if you can't see like the momentum because the ratings are the way they are now, (laughs) I think you're kind of missing out on what's going on here. The industry is tra- the business has and will continue to change. I just—it's weird to me that this stuff happens because they want to be taken serious as like a big major company and everything, and then you just let stuff like this. And, and they do this all the time, though. With the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Like it's still very disorganized mom and pop stuff, and it's not good when you've been in business this long and you're still making just like little minor league mistakes. There's got to be more, more um, quality control. Jeremy, Joe Poe is very mad at you. I don't care. Very, really very mad. Really um, I'll, I'll read the comment <laughs> later. Uh, the other reason, um, he, he was DMing me at like 1 o'clock in the morning the other night mad at me. He just stays mad at me. Um, the other reason is Lena Vega returned to WWE. We'll jump back to AEW in a second. Zelina Vega returned to WWE, Joseph. So people were just like, Oh, here we go. Alistair Black's coming back as well. No, he's on AEW. Any yeah. thoughts on Zelina just being on SmackDown and losing her first week back? No, I, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I think I think people kind of took advantage of some kind of dicks, you know? Like, when she signed back, I don't think that she knew what was going to happen with her husband getting cut three days after he shot an angle. I, I don't want to judge her situation because I don't know what this what the offers were. You, you see what I'm saying? Like I don't know, dude. I for what I know, TK said, you know, this amount, WWE said way up here, and she was like, that's what it is. Like, it's a job, right? Jeremy, you know well, you know me, and you know kind of how I work upstairs. I think you know what my instinctual reaction is, <laughs> which is I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be so, you know, willing to play ball. But like I, I can't hate on it. You know, good, good luck to her, man. I think she's a wonderful talent. I hope that she gets treated fairly and gets paid well. That's my genuine response. 
I, I hope they utilize her as a wrestler. Oh, I mean, she's a great manager, but like they need some women's wrestlers on that roster right now with everybody they've cut. And I mean, she's in Money in the Bank, so good good luck to her. Just so that thing is weird because of the way she just rallied against them after the release, and then to go back. I don't know, I don't know man. I you know. I get you. I, the, the problem with it is, is this, and we can talk about this, okay? And I, and I want to stress again, I. I really don't have any intention of judging what she did because I don't know anything about it. But I'll, ju- I'll just tell you my read on it. We are probably too used to wrestlers using ideas to create buzz that they don't really care about. That's what I would say. And in this particular case, there was a tweet that sparked many tweets that were like very, you know, kind of um, they, they, they created this image of heroism and such. And like in the end, it really resulted in nothing. That does not mean she didn't try. I don't know the conversations she had. And I don't, I know one thing for sure. She was never going to be the, the domino, you know? Because yeah. let me tell you something, folks. Read a couple of interviews from the folks that are working on top in WWE. They don't give a shit about their regrets because <laughs> they're getting on top and they're working main events. And <laughs> there are guys that I admire greatly that are over 40 and have been in the, on the main roster for decades. If you asked about unionization, it'd say, shut the fuck up, I'm making seven figures. So I hate it on Zelina Vega. I hope she gets paid. I will say that I think she's way more valuable as a manager, which isn't me knocking her as an in-ring. I just think her presence is way bigger as a manager. You know, like, to me, she, as a manager, she's like a money act. Like she can she can manage anyone on the roster. So I I'm not against it. I hope she she like, does what's best for her. I think it's hard in the modern age though not to have an opinion on it because she tweeted what she tweeted. So therefore, we're in the conversation then, right? It's a difficult one. I think the problem with her as a manager is they don't care about managers. And so they're just – the utilization is not going to be correct in in that role because we saw saw it uh, on the main roster with Andrade. It it didn't work. That's why they need her more as a wrestler right now because they got like three women's wrestlers on SmackDown. Oh, I know. Yeah, Yeah. but that's – you know, that then gets into this sort of bigger, you know, like, in an ideal world, you don't have only that many wrestlers on SmackDown and you can use her in her best role. Yes. In, in, in that ideal world, you don't use managers like shit. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's um, yeah, it's, I must say, I, I looked at that money in the bank lineup and I was just, I just find it incredible that that's like the best. To me, the, the amount of talent they have under contract or have had in the last couple of years is the best ever, especially in US wrestling. Like you look at the money in the bank, like it's the most uninspiring thing ever, right? Like no one wants Alexa to win that match. You know, if anyone in the world did it, it'd be me. I don't want her to win that match. Please, God, Bray, stop this shit. Save her. So it's like, who is going to win it? I don't know. I have no What's idea. Gonna She's going to win. I'm telling she you. She probably is, yeah. And like none of the audience. So this is one of those things where we're going to go with AEW because I don't want to talk about this for too long, but. This is one of those deals where they'll do some shit like Alexa will win the money in the bank and Drew will win the other one. And like the crowd will not be with it and people will be like, oh, crowds are hating again. And it's like, no, maybe you just didn't read your audience again. Maybe that's what happened. But I'll cover that when it happens and move on. Let's get back to AEW. <laughs> uh, Vincent Millage says, I was watching AEW last night after work when my DVR recording stopped with an hour still left. My day was ruined, but at least I got to see Tommy in. Man, you missed a lot. No. You missed the whole hour. That, that's the worst. The amount of times that she happened to me when I was a big UFC guy, MMA yeah. guy. Like, oh, oh, yeah. 
Home main's just starting terrible times. Samuel Golroy Golboy says, You two are great. Can't wait for Joseph's 24 features in 24 hours. I can't wait for that. <laughs> it's only in a couple of days. Like, yeah, I have like really, yeah, got got really pumped these out here. Test to myself, I mean, man. Have I still got it, Jeremy? Have I still got it? I think you do. I have we'll confidence see. in you. I have Good, confidence. I appreciate it. All right, a uh, bunch more super chats here. Carlos Easy oh. says, "Is Malachi Black a lone guy in AEW? With how much they make use of factions, how does a faction of Black Butcher and Blade sound? Seems like a better fit for them than MJF, Kingston, or Hardy was. I mean, that's their whole gimmick, right? They just go everywhere. Yeah. Like they go with who's going to pay them." Yeah, last night they actually said they said the Blade is the biggest mercenary in wrestling. Like that is their hired guns, very much. Yeah. So it's not so much. Of, I agree with you, but it's not so much a fit thing. That's to the the chat. It isn't a fit thing so much. So it's. I think it could work, but like if it was like Blake want to be alone, alone guy, unless it's Bud or that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I think you got to keep him by himself to mm-hmm. start because usually if they're going to debut a guy, like they'll put him in a faction. Um, I mean, Christian debuted alone, and now he's kind of aligned with the the Luchasaurus and, and Jungle Boy and everything. I feel like with Black and that character, he's got to kind of be alone to start, and then maybe he he gets some mercenaries for him moving forward, mm-hmm. depending on where they go with the everything. Uh, Ricardo says, "Mr. is shining example of why not to go to WWE." Who's Mr. Am I missing something? Main roster. Oh, no. main roster. Oh, okay. It seems like I'm wrong. No, Jack, Jack is giving a thumbs up from the backstage area that we are correct that it's a main roster. I was thinking of a wrestler. Um, Jack is backstage? Yeah, he's just hanging out backstage. Bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> he, well, there's a big thunderstorm here. Everybody heard it before we went on air, and we were very, <laughs> very concerned that I might not be able to do the show. So Jack and O'Neill are just hanging out backstage in case – I, I got to put them on, and, and this show will take a different different uh, tone. Uh, Ribbon Blade said, let's take a moment to appreciate that TK went out and signed two top-of-the-card superstars in the span of a few weeks. Love this mad lad. Lunatic, Joseph. That's what you call him. Lunatic. I do, and people think I'm insulting him. That is where wrestling greatness comes from. Lunacy. It's insanity. Yeah. He's just us, but, like, his dad is one of the richest men in the world. <laughs> you know? And it's not, it's, there's no shame in it. This is why... I hate this this constant idea of like, well, he's not, but Jeremy, he's not a real wrestler. It's like, dude, they're all idiots. They're promoting wrestling. We're idiots. We watch wrestling. Let the man waste his money on like random Conan talking segments. It fucking ruled, by the way. Let him do his fantasy booking. You said, Jeremy, you said it's a, it's a figure fed and he books it like it's TW. Yeah. That's why. That's what I want in my wrestling. <laughs> Kyle Voss, who does our uh, intro song, says, "Buddy, the guy everyone calls better. Literally, everyone calls him better uh, Omega." I don't know where this bit is from, but I just—it's <laughs> from me. Do you know what's really funny about that whole thing? Is like, do you realize that's a heated topic on social? Like, people get really mad about him doing Kenny's moves, and you realize Kenny's take is like, "Man, Bud's a good wrestler. I like him. <laughs> it doesn't care at all. It's tremendous." <laughs> I, I'm reading Joel Pearl's comments. I'm not reading all that, Joel. He was very mad at you. I don't care. I really don't care. He, his take was like, why is Dota be expected to be good at wrestling business? <laughs> is that his take? Why I is this wrestling company expecting to be competent in any, any way possible? Joel, I honestly think, I think Joel rightly looks at it as just a shit business, whereas your sports fandom can't fathom them making a mistake like that. 
Like, imagine a sports team being like, fuck, his contract's what? <laughs> like, just, like, that's why I honestly think you're meant, that's where you're just on a different, coming at a different angle. I'm the same as you, by the way. Like, like wait a second, Russell Westbrook is a free agent yeah. this season? How that happen? <laughs> we that paid him up on us. Yeah. This is the thing, though. Like, Joel's right in the sense that we are talking about a company that we know, really, if we're being honest with ourselves, we know that at some juncture, a guy has come into their office and gone, wait, we're paying Braun Strowman how much? And Bruce has gone, <laughs> I told him. I told him not to play him. I mean, this is what they are. So he's not wrong. Let's be fair. I, I get it. I'm still not reading all those comments. Fair. Uh, Taxel says, I feel like we need to thank Joe for getting Mox and Machine Gun. Carl Anderson, this was you. You slid into TK's DMs. Confirmed this report that you slid into TK's DMs and said, TK, I think we need to headline the, the Texas show with the John Moxley returning, defending the IWGP United States wow. Championship against the machine gun Carl Anderson. And TK replied and said, that is a brilliant idea. We're going to do that. Right? Legitimately one of the only matches I haven't pitched on Twitter. And it happened, <laughs> right? Like, listen, man, when they shot that video and they were like, yeah, Mox is back next week to wrestle the machine gun Carl Anderson. I was like, this guy's out of his mind. Now, that's <laughs> lunacy. Here's lunacy, okay? Paying money for Wild Thing, having your top star opt out to go and spend time with his, his, you know, newly born child, his family. And, like, rather than doing a big return, just being like, how about he wrestles the machine gun Carl Anderson on television and we just announce it a week at a time? And you know what every fan watching said? Hell yeah! <laughs> Let's do that, man. It's like, it's great. Listen, I, I'm pumped for it, man. Uh, one of my 24 features is about the machine gun Carl Anderson. Actually, there's a little, little tidbit for you. But I just, you know, in fear of sentimental here, I just didn't think – I. I Look, when, when they re-signed, I really just kind of felt like Cole and Gallows. Like, that was almost their career symbolically ending. Like, you know, they're going to do their thing, God bless them, get the action figures and all that good stuff. But, like, look, I can't tell you how fun it is that he's on this show. That this show is – don't get it twisted, folks. In years down the line, something will happen in the industry where people will look back and go, man, I wish we still had where it was with Dynamite being live every Wednesday night in arenas. And the machine gun's there for that shit. I can rewatch it over and over. It's great. I'll fight up for that match, too. They don't get some time. They can do something special, I think. Remember, Jeremy, that was supposed to be the Tokyo Dome last year. Remember that? That was the, the, that was the last year? Yeah, that was the original plan if Cole hadn't re-signed. He was going to go to New Japan, shoot an angle, and wrestle Moxley on January 4th. There you go. Where's this scoop from? It was the first interview I did with the other guy. Oh. I Countdown to Fucktown. Yeah, I listened to that and have no recollection of it's true. that Honestly. being. I believe, I believe you. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't remember it. Um, AEW, the rest of the show. Joseph, sorry to say that Eddie Kingston and Penta <laughs> L0M did not win the tag team titles. Did you yeah. cry? Like, I knew that was a tough one for you. I didn't cry because I, I'm like old enough to know they were never going to win that match. <laughs> Apparently, some people on Twitter wasn't, which amazed me. Don't kill, did, don't kill this, Joseph. I, what are you doing? I do want to say that legitimately, I came back on Twitter. I watched on delay. I had ten direct messages, and all of them in just the preview line read something like "fuck the machine gun," and I had like six mentions just being like "machine gun ain't dynamite." So I do want to say that. But you know, Eddie Kingston, as soon as I saw he was wearing the Funker shirt, listen, man. I just was like, this is this is a beautiful image. Because here's why. Let me explain this, okay? With Terry Funk being in the news this week, and obviously all love to Terry Funk, the GOAT, right? I, I, in my head, I realized 
Jeremy, I would have seen King wearing that shirt in like some shitty hall with like 100 people there while he worked a King's Road match in front of no one. Instead, he's wearing it on global television. Do you know how fucking cool that is? Like, seriously, he's in the main event of the first show back on the road for the second biggest promotion in the United States. And if we're being frank, the kind of spiritual center of the wrestling world right now. That really was awesome to me. You know, still keep that roots, that man. Terry Funk, God bless. The match was very fun, though, wasn't it? Kind of PWG attitude here merger of a street fight. It was kind of fun, wasn't it? It was great. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoyed that match. Um, I really like the ending, too. Mm. Like, they put thumbtacks in this man's mouth and super kicked him. Like, That's what I love about wrestling is if we looked at what Eddie does and you looked at the whole roster, you'd be like, oh, he'd have a great match with this guy or that guy. How great has his chemistry been with the Bucks, dude? That's yeah. why I love wrestling. They feel like the complete opposite, and it's like, no, nah, man, they've had great stuff together. Everything they've done has hit for me. Um, was that your highlight of the show? What was your favorite part of the show last night? I'm intrigued. I think when Cody dispatched of QT <laughs> Dispatched. That's <laughs> it, dispatched of him. QT yeah. Marshall, that tyrant, turned his back on the man who gave him everything and tried to lead a faction against him, and he mm. got his rightful comeuppance. I mean... I, I'll say this. I thought that... I mentioned earlier, that Ethan Page-Darby angle, I thought that added so much to their feud. Dude. Like They just they established the... The idea of the conflict really well. Jim Ross is still good at those, right? He adds a certain gravity to those. That's things. where he's like best at, right? Yes. Like I in the booth, I don't think he, I don't think he's got that anymore. But like those little sit down interviews and everything, like he's still very good at, at that aspect. <laughs> did you um, did you hear the bit where he the power confirm shoot said this one to me? But it actually happened. Where he just called Excalibur his shoot name. Did you did you hear that one? He was like, "I'm sorry." He just called. and there was another one in the Andrade match, right? Where he goes, he goes, you know, big time player needs to win it. Two sentences of science. He goes, "Duh." Got bored of his own talking. <laughs> hated him. Hated what he said that much. He was like, "That was lame, Jim." <laughs> he, you know, the thing is like, if people make it so cynical. He just isn't what he is, but like, I honestly believe he really does enjoy working for them. He just yeah. ain't got it. Like, it's, yeah. People make it this cynical thing, like, he hates his job. It's like, I think he's just old, man. You know? Yeah. These things happen in MMA. Right, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> right, Jeremy? These things do. Things do happen in MMA. Yeah. My favorite part, legitimately, was uh, the pop hangman guy coming out there, uh, interrupting the, the dark, not interrupting, but coming out during the Dark Order and Elite segment. You know, mm-hmm. Omega Omega was great in that segment. He continues yeah. to be like a fantastic television character. And I thought Dark Order was very good. I thought Uno cut a good promo, setting everything up and the brawl, and then yeah, Hangman coming out. And they teased things a little bit, didn't deliver the buckshot, kind of a callback to what was that revolution where mm-hmm. after they uh they lost they lost the titles, right? To the No, no well, they, they won they, and then yeah. but he still kind of teased doing the buckshot, didn't do it. Uh, mm-hmm. type gimmick. So yeah, I thought that was a that was a nice little thing. And look, man, we've kind of fantasy booked this before. Holding off until September, can they still do it? Like they got to well, do one thing. match between yeah. now and then. Because they established, Callis said, "We have fight for the fallen coming up, and we have no contender." So they almost established in canon that like Kenny's expected to defend the belt there. So they, that makes me wonder what they're going to do. Do you do a thing where a Christian Cage, <clears throat> after beating uh, Matt, kind of convinces Hangman to, to let him jump the line? Do you do something like that? 
you know, and, and Hangman's like, you're a legend, man. And then all the guys are saying, hang on a second, he might be a legend. What are you doing here? You're giving up your title shot? And you can get into that whole psyche thing with Hangman. I could see something like that, you know. I I, I don't know. I, it doesn't feel like they're wrestling at Fight for the Fallen, but at the same time. No. I feel, like if, I feel like if they were wrestling at Fight for the Fallen, you you announce that match. Like you, I agree. You, do, I do. you announce it more than more than a week out. I do think though that if it does happen, it is like we we already know this, but it is really is time for us to all sit down and come to conclusion as to what TV is. Because if they do that match, it's just a TV main event, and Hangman wins the belt at Fight for the Fallen on TNT. Like pay per views really are a different thing altogether at that point, right? Like, this was like the ultimate pay per view main event. If it doesn't happen on pay per view, I will be I would honestly be stunned. So, I mean, I, I agree, so but won. like. They they're weird with pay per views. We've discussed it many times. Of like sometimes it always doesn't feel like the culmination of everything. Uh, sometimes the build up isn't there, and sometimes like they do culminate and the, uh, they shouldn't. Um, I do think that especially with fans back and needing to deliver these shows, and like now um, because you know they're back on the road and like they have Rampage, like it's like a week long thing when they're going to these towns, right? Like, cause they got dynamite on Wednesday, rampage on Friday. They're doing like fan fest on Saturday. And then they're doing the pay-per-view on Sunday. It feels like now, like you've really got a hit on like, this is the culmination of everything. And they did a good job of this previously before the pandemic. I think yes. it's during the pandemic is when they kind of lost their way of, all right, we don't really need to culminate everything at the pay-per-view. Uh, I think that'll change. And like, I can't see them doing this match on television with the title change on television. If they do some type of screwy finish, if they do some type of time limit draw, whatever it might be. I like your idea of, of Christian just being like, Hey, you know, let me, let me get this match and hangman being, cause that also continues to plant the seeds for that Christian heel turn, which we, which we think exactly. is coming. So I, I do like that idea. If hang or if Omega is going to defend the title at fight for the fallen, and based on what Callis said, it seems like he is, and he probably should, right? Like you got four specials in July. Yeah, so. Having mm-hmm. having a world title match should should be there as well. I just don't, I don't see how they're doing Hangman in one of those shows. They got to get out of that somehow, and that's a good way. Whether Hangman loses a match, so he falls down in the rankings, right. and then because he's got plenty of time to build himself back up again. Pretty much the, the same thing they did with Brian Cage. Like maybe that happens. Uh, there's ways to get around it, but I don't. If they do Hangman and Omega not at, or at any point before All Out, I don't think you're getting like this. I don't think you're getting the title change, and I don't think you're getting like a, a clean finish off of. When you do these big like arcs, right? These epic grand stories, and there's two things that come into question, no matter how well laid the plans are. Number one, you need to be patient enough. And, I mean, clearly they've shown an ability to do that. I mean, listen to how the people reacted, Jeremy, last night. I mean, they were they were weird. They were trying to hang man. As soon as Omega and Callis suggested they had no contenders, hang man was the name, right? That's perfect. Yeah. The biggest flaw, I think, of these angles is that the finish is often predictable. They have avoided that here. If that match happens all out and they get it there, neither of us would be surprised if Kenny keeps the belt. We wouldn't, because we could just see it as being an extension of the story. That's powerful, man. Because that means not only are we there to conclude the arc, we're not even sure Hangman's going to win it yet. That is 
let me tell you, this thing in their hands, especially Kenny's hands, because he's obviously a prolific big match guy, like this could be something special, Jeremy. I, I, now, look, again, we've got to get there. We've got to see how to get out of this at fight before and all that good stuff. But it is very rare you have an arc that you've put two years into and the result doesn't feel like a foregone conclusion. In fact, it feels like like the ultimate stakes, right? It feels like anything could happen. It feels like Kenny could just win. And Hangman goes back again and you rebuild him. It's, it, it can't be commended enough how good of a job that. And I want to say also, like, you and I, we, we, we pointed this out at the time. People completely missed the trick when they were like, oh, they've, they've not done anything with Hangman. You know, heat him up again. They've let the story simmer. You don't have yeah. to hit people over the head with this shit, man. The audience gets it. They're with it. I think it's it's wonderful. To me, it's the it's the best story in wrestling by, like, a distance. You know, yeah. I don't even know what else is on the board because stories like this don't happen very often. I think The Fiend and Alexa is on the board. They're letting that one simmer right now by keeping Bray mm-hmm. off television since, like, the week after Mania. I think you're being I'm unfair. Not, to I'm, not doing, I'm not doing this stuff. <laughs> What just, what is uh, the possibility? Because I just looked at the rankings. Okay. Like Orange Cassidy and, and Hangman have essentially the same record. Hangman's eleven and one. Orange Cassidy is eleven one and one. Cassidy's gonna they, they won the match last night. Uh, I, I assume they'll have potentially a one on one match with the Blade. So he wins that. What if like Hangman just doesn't wrestle and Orange just picks up? Co- and then they just have Orange Cassidy jump them in the rankings. And so there's like we give the, the shot to yeah. the number one contender. Like you could just easily just do that. It's well, not I rankings. Think... They can game it however they want. Like you said, they just put Matt Seidel at number five just so it seemed like Andrade beat what, one of the top five guys. I honestly think it makes more sense to conclude the Orange story. I don't like that it feels like they went away from it. They were really hitting that drum of Orange should be the world champion right now. It feels like that should be concluded with a singles match. So I agree with you. That's the ideal. I mean, Orange at Fight for the Fallen is perfect. I, I'm totally for that. Um, and I want to see that match too, right? I mean, yeah. Orange was so wonderful in the triple threat. He was awesome. So it's, it's exciting because they protect enough guys. There's a few different ways you can go here. And none of them are like, you know, it's worth talking about this, Next week's show, right? Neither of you or I care for this Matt Hardy Christian Cage match, right? We just don't care, do we? Like, if it was cancelled now, would either of us care? Just, and look, Matt seems like a wonderful guy. Christian Cage rules. Nothing but love. But here's where you position yourself to succeed. I may not care about that match, but guess what else I've got on that card? I've got the machine gun, Carl Anderson, against John Moxley. I've got a coffin match. Coffin match. All ego. Me. That's- my big brother. Versus or Darby Allen. What else is on the show? There's one other thing that really pops starts in cage, dude. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see how you can position yourself to succeed in the modern world of wrestling with so much talent? You can actually position yourself to succeed, and like that allows you to do shit that I don't care about and I don't get upset about because you're giving me other stuff. Amazing what happens when you treat your audience that way. That's uh, the coffin match. Like Darby, again, going back to their rankings, Darby's number four. He wins that coffin match. Ethan Page is a, a big name and everything. You could easily just have Darby just jump the rankings, right? And then you do Darby yeah. and Omega at, at Fight for the Fallen. You could say, you know, former TNT champ, most defensive of TNT champ and everything. Like, it easily – there are definitely ways to just get around mm-hmm. Hangman being the number one contender, especially with the rankings where 
they can do whatever they want with them and they don't have to justify any of it. Right. It's like, oh, okay, this guy's number one. Sure. Why not? Um, quick question, Jeremy. If they do Darby Allen versus Kenny Omega on television, over under 15 million viewers live. <laughs> over, Imagine 100%. the demo. The demo for that one, let me tell you. Um, over right. under Darby looking completely concussed from a V trigger of, of four and a half. I mean, it's four and a half V triggers before he's concussed, or just he just takes four and a half. What we're, we're, we're asking here, I just want to be clear. He looks concussed on on at least five of them. Like he oh, sells like it like it's just a complete concussion. Yeah. Oh yeah, double figures. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, doing that. he's going limb. He's a, dude. I just Jack Crosby actually knows he's better than us. I don't know if he's still here. He but is. like he he said it. He was like that Ethan Page Derby dynamic, man. And I saw a little bit of it because I've always liked Ethan. But like. It's just great TV. He really is great television. Next week's show, this is the other thing about AEW that's worth talking about or worth mentioning or talking about because we've celebrated Tony Khan enough without getting paid. Um, I think they've got shows that are going to be way better than last night. I think they've got crowds that are going to be way hotter than last night. Yeah. I think last night was legit just like a preview of what's to come because there was stuff that like, I, you know, I wouldn't have started with Cody. I didn't think the Andrade thing was like a smash hit. Like, there's a better version of that show, Jeremy. And it came off red hot because the audience and just the energy. Man, I, I really think next week, we may come on here next week, and I may actually just say Fed dead. I may just, like, fly the flag and, you know, <laughs> well, we, special, special times. We've missed it because we haven't had crowds in for so long. But even during the pandemic era, the energy for AEW shows was different. But, like, in front of live crowds, when they were touring, like, each week – like the energy was just always there. Even like the bad shows, it was like the energy was so off the charts that it made it seem maybe better than it actually was. And I think we'll continue to get that. And these are good shows, mind you, but it's just going to be enhanced by these crowds because those crowds are into everything. Like, yeah. like that Dan Lambert stuff, like he cut a great promo and everything. Lance Archer just comes out and kills them. But I'm just like, it felt like such a time-filling segment and like everyone yeah. was just eating it up. Maybe it goes somewhere. Maybe we get Masvidal against Archer. I don't know, but <laughs> oh my, oh my. Um, listen, Dan Lambert is he's, he's a killer. Yeah, yeah, he's a killer promo. He's, yeah. He did you see like the way he he weaved the promos such that he put over the promotion? It yeah. was really clever. He was, he said all the the stuff that the audience believes as a heel. He's but he that's been the way for the longest. Like he did that stuff in Impact, right? I think he's yeah. Is he doing it with MLW now or not? He was doing it for a little bit with King Mo, I know, but he did it for Impact for like a yeah, pro- he did a big time with Impact. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he gets it and like, it's just, it's one of those things where none of us in the world asked for Dan Lambert on Dynamite, right? No one. No, I was I confused mean, as hell Yeah, that segment's going on. I was like, what? what's the purpose this is, of this? This is the thing is, it's one of those things where it isn't an iconic moment or a big debut. It won't do big YouTube views, Jeremy, like The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. But it's another one of those little things where you just never quite know where that show is going to go, do you? It feels intricately planned, and it feels like it has this long-term vision, but it also has this very nitro sense of, like, chaos. Actual chaos, not fake chaos where people scream and then the commentator says, chaos. I mean the sense that maybe, just maybe, Ed Kimpson's going to get thumbtacks in his mouth tonight. You know? The idea that maybe Dan Lambert's just going to you know, storm the ring and Hawaii Masvidal's going to stand there and look awkward. I don't know. 
Anything can happen. It's, a, it's just an insane show because he's a lunatic. I've explained this enough times by now. I enjoy it. People think this is a criticism. We have got way too used to Weekly Wrestling being this like pristine, perfect setting. And because the, all the other shows that wasn't Raw or SmackDown are tape, like Bless Impact and Ring of Honor and those guys, they take their shows in one night, six weeks. So that stuff's obviously going to be pristine. It's taped. We all know what's coming. Dynamite's this live show where you kind of watch it and you're left like, I don't know where they're going, dude. It's a wild show. Evil Uno comes out and he cuts a promo on behalf of Hangman Page. He's got to Dan Don Callis. They're saying he got fired. I don't know if Don got fired. Did Don get fired? I don't know. Don doesn't seem to think so. He did think so. I don't know. He got fired, Joseph. Wow, really? Is that, is that the actual word? I'm not even doing a bit here. Did Don get fired? Music and Moonsaw says <laughs> Cranky JR rules. What was Don's line? A real man gets fired. He doesn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kylo says distraction choice appreciation super chat. Thanks, buddy. Patreon.com slash the distraction. Jimmy wished us well on on our Patreon. Pretty sure he didn't mean it, but it was nice to hear. I can't believe Don got fired. I'm devastated. No comment. Joseph, you know what time it is. I do, that's why I was, you know, that the Don news followed by that was very hard for me. I know. That's tough. It's very tough. Yep. Go ahead. Hi, Robert O'Neill. What's up, guys? Are you wearing, you're wearing a Chicago shirt? You know the Cubs suck. That's no, a bear shirt. It's um, almost football season. You know Justin yeah. Fields is here to save the franchise. Bob, Goodbye, you know you Bob. said it's almost football season. Does that mean that we can stop talking about wrestling ratings and just say, "Well, football was on"? Is that what we can do now? Is that- yeah. No, exactly. If anyone talks about wrestling when there is a football game on, you have to reply to them with "footballs on." Okay, good. Okay, carry on with whatever this is. All right, O'Neill, are you ready? (laughs) I've been told you have notes. You have something actually planned. Uh, I I mean, I have a list of topics. We'll see when I blow through them. It's the Wednesday show. Don't don't get us don't get us in more trouble here, (laughs) O'Neill, by doing lists. That's that's trademarked by the Wednesday show. You're gonna gonna get us kicked off the air here. All right, here we go. History bottle. Okay. Uh, so first of all, I don't know that I've ever said it on here, but the intro song is absolutely great. Uh, shout out to Kylo for that, not just because he included me in it, um, but also, you know, bonus for that. Um, before I forget, since Distraction Choice is just plugged, we are doing a new Brock in Time this weekend leading up to SummerSlam. I don't think we're going to get to SummerSlam this week, but uh, that's coming your way. Um <laughs> Following up on other previous things that was said on here, remember the beginning of the Euro when Joseph cut me off and I'm like, you know, England's very good. Well, as it turns out, it looks like uh, football is probably coming home. I mean, it's definitely not now that you've said that, but I appreciate it. No, it's okay. We're fine. Trust me. Um, You know, you guys talked about pretty much all of Dynamite, but didn't include my new favorite uh, trios team of Wardlow and FTR. And uh, that was a real bummer to me. I think if they're going to have trios titles, they should go. Jack, talk about Wardlow with me. Did you see that bastard last night? (laughs) Yeah. Like, he came on the screen. I think my wife is starting to get concerned because, like, I'll I'll gasp or something, and she'll look at me. Now, my wife is eight months pregnant, mind you, so she's bearing our child laying on the couch. I will look at Wardlow and go, (gasps) like, the way I should be looking at my baby, and she's just like, all right, come here. We got to have a talk. Talk to me. He's so good, man. Like he's he's the guy. Tremendous. That's the end of the bit. Okay. 
No, we didn't even plan this. this great. Um, I just wanted to talk about Wardlow because you guys didn't. Yeah, I can't believe you guys didn't mention Wardlow, Wardlow one time. It, it, you guys got to stop doing this shit. If you didn't know better, Jack, you'd think there's almost nothing to say about him, so it would be a dead end. It's <laughs> what keeping you guys from being among the elite. I think the question, though, and this is in my notes, are you guys worried that Malachi Black is going to lead to more lore in wrestling? Because I don't think anyone wants more lore. I'm terrified of it. The, yeah. The thing is, Bob, Legit. is wrestling has now moved on like simple good and bad and, you know, heroes versus <laughs> villains, you know? Some anti-heroes receive a, a hero's welcome. You know, it's difficult to say. An indistinguishable <laughs> shade of grey. You know, you came close enough. Um, I think this is going to be the first WWE mention on this program um, in a positive light, but I like that they are running uh, that music festival in Miami. I think it's cool. I think more people should run cool outdoor venues. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, But I have a question, Robert, yes. Go ahead. about this. They announced this, right? This little music festival thing in Miami, this little simulcast thing. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm asking too. After people in Cleveland bought tickets to what they thought was their own SmackDown, just yes get. or no? That's that's what you get for being in Cleveland. Though. That is a dumb shit move. Fair. Come Very on, story to hear that. But then again, what have we learned? What have oh, we learned time. about Nicholas Khan? Who does he care? Oh <laughs> <laughs> Why did I break you with that? I'll tell, I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> it broke me. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> we just ended with Nick Khan. <laughs> we did. By the okay. way, I'm not thrilled with this uh this Cleveland uh situation because I'm going to that show and I yeah, I'm sucks. not happy with this. That actually sucks, right? Like, yeah, objectively. Right. It'll be good for the TV product, but, like, it's a shame. Definitely. Wow. Bob says he got to three of the six things he had planned. Hold <laughs> well, I'm, I'm confirming. We- I'm confirming why why you broke me. I got to I gotta remember. <laughs> Is it are they backstage? Can they can they, yeah, they, they, are. Are. they just bring them back on? Yes, yes. <laughs> bring them back on. the air. I'm sitting on my own. <laughs> there. Oh god. Guys, I, got a, I, I, you know, I got a question for you two goofballs. Okay. Just, I, well, in the show you were talking about a, a faction for Ally Ally Mally Black <laughs> in all elite wrestling, right? Yeah. It was just a tweet that came across like five minutes ago. That yeah. uh, miss what's what, what's his name now? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Weston Blake. Yeah, I tweeted thing a few hours ago. No, I'm dead serious. Tweeted thing a few oh, hours ago about how, how he has quote unquote limited bookings in August and September. Okay. And this dude, like when he was with WWE, received nothing but praise from everyone. Yes. When he got fired, received nothing but praise. Is that a guy you maybe look at if you want to do if you want to put a few people with with black? Is that a guy you look at as someone who's new, someone mm-hmm. you could try to get over by giving him a rub, who can finally get the respect he deserves? I don't know about for that role because I don't know what kind of law that is being planned by the Ali Mally Black as you call. <laughs> I will say there are people that will dismiss what you just said, 
Listen, that guy has a serious talent. I watched when they had those matches with New Day and the, the dipshit fucked up their whole run. Dude, Cutler's good. Blake is a Very serious good. hand. Yeah. He's, he is a great bump in heel. I don't know if he's that role. I don't know where he's slot him. He's not a guy that you would dismiss. Though. I would look at him for sure. What's interesting about him is I think Impact wants to push Cutler or Macklin, sorry, as a singles, I think. So that means he isn't going to go there as a lot of us expected. A lot of us just thought they'll go as a team. Well, I would look at him for sure. I mean, I... I give him a lot, yeah. I, look, and people won't dismiss this, but I'm going to be honest with you. If you haven't got anything in particular for Buddy Murphy... I ain't against I, them being a team again, bro. I'm not against them being a team again. I mean, I, I literally just remember this. Like, Alex Shelley was in WWE. Now, Alex freaking Shelley, of all people, yeah. was in the NXT for, what, a day? <laughs> Two? <laughs> the dude leaves, and the first thing he says is, yeah, man, that Wesley Blake dude is one of the best guys I've ever been in the ring with. Alex yeah. Shelley, of all people, to say that. It was like, what yeah. the hell? Hey. And then when he got fired, Kevin Owens posted that thing about, yeah, I'm not even sure if I'd be here if, if it wasn't for that guy. I'm like, Dude, everyone loves this guy. Yes, and this, here's one that this is really telling. Dax Harwood said he's our generation's Bobby Eaton. It, Dax ain't just saying that shit. <laughs> no, no, no. He doesn't. See, he doesn't just blurt no, that shit out. Like he, he's one of those guys. I've always said this, and it's people think I'm doing a bit. That act of him and Buddy and Electra as their mouthpiece in a different era of wrestling that would get over huge as a heel tag thing. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, that yeah. era of NXT, like it just didn't. And they had shitty teams to work with too, like the Vault Villains. And all it was just, it was lame. But well, they, were, because, they had a lot going for them. Yeah, they were stuck in an era of NXT of, all right, yeah, that's cool. Like you you created this tag team, which is really good, but who's the next indie name you're going to sign that we love? Yeah, who's so our next fave okay. that you're going to bring in? So they, they, they got screwed by that, you know? Yeah, you know and also, obviously, and they inevitably went to move Electra away. And then without it, it became like, you know, they were victims of, of their own system there. Joseph, you broke yep. me because you you mentioned you did the in this era. There's no I fucked evil, it up bad. But yeah, I, I don't know what, what what I don't even remember what you guys were talking about. What was the was it because of black? Who was it yeah. even referenced? Okay, it was like lore. I just I thought it was a good time to do so. So last night, black debuts. I'm with the EP, and she's like, "Is he a heel or a babyface?" I was like, "Well, you know." No man is ever truly good. No man is ever truly <laughs> evil. And she's like, I know that. And also in this era of whatever, there are no, there's no good, no evil. Like she does the whole spiel right there. And it just reminded me of that. And that's why I was broken because she uses show bits against me. And I don't, I don't necessarily. <laughs> no, that rules. <laughs> No, I, I, it doesn't. Think, I, think, it doesn't. I think the thing with, with Black, like, I, I agree with you guys. Like, even when you guys said, you know, he'll have more freedom to try to tell his story. The thing is, like, throughout the last month, as I've watched these interviews he's done, especially the one with Renee, I kind of stopped watching him because I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to hear this man talk anymore because I'm starting to not like him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay away from these. But what I like is now we're going to find out because we've. I, I think we've talked before. About WWE, like, you know, Vince or Bruce or whomever, they're the final, mm-hmm. you know, they're the, they'll, they're the yes or no guys. You know, you could have an idea and they could say that sucks. Absolutely not. Now, AEW is known as the company, like Jeremy said, you know, more freedom. But you can't give too much freedom to these guys and girls. 
Like yeah. if he starts to go off the rails with this shit where he's like, okay, but people are going to have to understand this, Tony, people are going to have to watch that episode of dynamite from nine weeks ago. It's like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, right. hold so on, bud. hold on a bit there. And then you're going to have to piece that with the dynamite from 13 weeks ago. And it's like, I, well, all right, let's, let's just stop there, bud. Here's the thing that bodes well though. When Matt Hardy came in and tried to do the broken shtick, TK, he just didn't like it. He, he, cut, he yeah. cut his head off. And look, Alistair Black, is a, he's a highly talented, beloved talent. He ain't Matt Hardy in terms of standing in the industry. So if he cut Matt off, like, he has a limit, right? I think it's about colouring within the lines on this stuff. He'll let you, you know, sink or swim, but it has to fit within the universe they're creating here, right? Like, it can't be actual fucking, like, fiend. Because the, the stuff, we, it, it, we always just dunk on Bray. I feel really bad. The stuff like that is, it doesn't fit in the world they're creating, does it? Matt Hardy didn't fit in the AW world. The key no. is for Black to fit in that world in his own weird, you know, sort of extravagant, creative way. So we'll see how he does. I, I'm, I think we have I, to be fair. Some of this stuff won't be for us because it is an outrageous fright. I mean, they do a bit of everything on that show. Right? I mean, it's I did... Then the other thing with, with Black, and I can't believe you guys didn't mention this, but we at some point, like he's got to get through the Cody stuff first. Show here, Jack. What? <laughs> I know. I genuinely couldn't. But like, we, we are headed towards some kind of Black Darby thing. Black Darby Sting, the three of them, maybe Black. We're. I if I had to make a bet, like actual money, we are headed towards something where Black tries to pull Darby away from Sting. Sorry to hear that. No, I can see that. Black, that's that's what there. He's going to do a whole dark, come to the dark side thing, and then we're going to have to read that lore and watch ten interviews. And I, I'm sorry, I was just I, I don't like that shit. I, I just don't. I, I, I it, guess. it does not. It doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> really doesn't, man. Go out there and give me a wrestling show. I no, I ain't got time for that. But that's but this is the thing though is, and this is why I think Dynamite's biggest strength is is they give us shit too though, right? But like we still we still get like you know. Mox coming out to Wild Thing and fighting the machine gun. We still get some Eddie Kings. Like it's a variety show in a, in a good way. Sometimes with Darby, their variety show is one particular human's idea of variety, <laughs> just the stuff that he likes. Fair. I think look, I'm open minded. I'm, I'm not going to lie up front here. I'm not a big fan. I am surprised how high people are on Black Ceiling. I never saw him as like the guy. I did. See, that's the thing. See, like so. Yeah. It's all subjective, right? Like, he could be a guy that gets over huge, and I would not be surprised. He's already over. Let's be honest. Look at the crowd. Like, they loved him. Black was a guy with his trajectory from the time he debuted on NXT to when they brought him up. I, that was a guy where I, I was. I remember telling people, I'm like, there is no Intercontinental or IC title run for this guy. He's going straight to the world title. Mm-hmm. He's going to get, like, there. he's bypassing the whole mid-card title run. He's going right to right. the top. And they just shat all over themselves. Kerry and Cross is watching this podcast right now, and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Look, I don't want to get kicked I, I, I don't want to get kicked out. I, I promise I won't anymore. I promise. Yeah, that's fine. What was you going to say, Bob? Well, there was no uh, U.S. or Intercontinental title for him, so you were correct. Yes, not quite where he envisioned it, but I, I agree that is a, that's a factual statement. I'm glad you. Yeah, like that's yeah. You know what? I didn't even think about that, Bobby. You're right. Like that's where it sucks even more. <laughs> he couldn't even touch one of those. Those belts yeah. are so like Andrade had one of those for like a year and. Well, was like, Ricochet yeah. the U.S. champion? Yeah. Yes. Wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he worked um, Joe for it. That was one of Joe's like last. Oh Christ! Programs. Yeah. Hey, Joe won the U.S. Joe, I I was live for Joe's U.S. It was here in Scranton. There you go. Was that like when Joe he did won the, the U.S. Weird... I was there. 
Was that when they did the weird stuff where it was like our truth and all that yeah, weird yeah. shit? Remember it was like a four way? Remember yeah. that good stuff? Yep, that was no, here. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, 2019 WWE is like, you could do a hell of a like deep dive on that stuff, man. That was an interesting time because we spent 10 months just being like, when Fox rolls in, baby, you know, we were like ready to go. And then it came and it was Cain Velasquez and it was just wrestling. It was throwing a V again. It was that, I, I need somebody to do like, a, 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 I need someone to do a lengthy interview with Conrad on how that all, like what their thought process was, what their plans were, where they thought they were going with that. Well, uh, this this is why we need one of the people that he does podcasts with to not work there anymore, because there's a lot of stuff <laughs> in the past few years, you know, that we need to hear more you, about. Just to be clear here, Bob. Without putting words in your mouth, are you suggesting that Bruce should take a gun to the office again? That I, seems like what you're suggesting. I, I am. I am waiting for the day we hear Bruce chat me up about Nick Khan. So they yeah. bring this guy in. I swear to God, I don't think I'll ever be as glued to a podcast in my life as I will at that moment. Especially because you know Nick would have just fired Bruce, <laughs> so it'll be, be even more heated, right? It'll be real. It really will be something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The Fiend episode will be a classic, too. Because he loves the... Like, Bruce... Dude, Bruce okay. loves The Fiend. So, like, he's he has to be upset that Bray's not even on television anymore, right? He has to be. I would assume. They're just waiting for crowds with him or what? Like, what are you, what's going on with him? That's, that's Bob, always the case, Bob, you got right? anything for... Like, what's going on with him? Was... They're waiting for people or what? Probably. I mean, he's, he's going to maybe face Drew at SummerSlam, I guess. But Drew's got another oh. thing going on right now. Also, that sounds oh. bad. Wait, who who Where did that come from? Is that a thing? That was a thing, I think, a couple weeks ago that they're tossing around Fiend Drew, but I don't remember where I read That's, it. So. How, do you, how do you just bring Bray back and not reference the Alexa stuff? I thought that was like the whole... Why missing something? Would you care, though? Like, do you really care? Do you need them to tie that up? Well, if you answered everything I say on this podcast with that, it would be a very short podcast. I don't care about any of this stuff. What I'm saying <laughs> is, he was with Alexa Bliss for eight months. Alexa Bliss betrayed him at WrestleMania. He lost to an RKO. Him just disappearing for three months and coming out and never referencing Alexa feels like bad TV. Bob, get me honest with you. Doesn't feel like good storytelling. Just being honest here. I don't mind Drew uh, uh, the idea of Drew Fiend because, like, from what I could see every week, for whatever reason, they're keeping Drew near that WWE title, even if it's Money in the Bank, and that shit's got to stop. But at the same time, he's a top guy. You have to give him something meaningful. So he's maybe doing some thing. some weird he's, shit. He's winning what? I'm telling you, he's winning the briefcase. I'm, te- no. I'm, I'm telling you, he's, everyone keeps pretending he's not. This is how they book top guys. They just win. They just keep winning. They smash them. They smash them over. Well, I'm convinced of it. I really am. Who else, right. who else is it? Who else is in the men's money in the bank besides Drew? Bob, Bob's going to say Big E, and you and I have been fantasy booking Big E to win something of note for about five years. He's, if it happens, I'll be delighted. I ain't buying it until I see it. No, I think it's going to be Big E or Kevin Owens, and I understand that. Uh, <laughs> you know. I shouldn't think that, but yeah, this is a little. I, I, I'd love it to be one of those guys, but they've I, kind of yeah. told me enough times now that's not. I don't know. It's not how they see. Remember, it. remember when I was here a few weeks ago and I went on my rant about if they don't, if they screw up this Big E yeah. Roman Reigns thing, and you know when I heard that pop for Hangman last night, I, I, it, I, it popped into my head again. I'm thinking, can you imagine a live crowd in the right city where Big E comes out and gets in Roman's face and tells him, "All right, I've had enough of your shit." Yeah, no, I'm the but, one that's going to take care of this. Well, people would go nuts. Yeah, but it's just not this. I don't know. Like, I, 
if all things are equal, I think the world of Big E. I think he's a top guy in any time. I really do think that hired him. He's wonderful. But, like, it doesn't bode well that they fired the guy he was about to have a program with. <laughs> it makes me think he's not a huge priority. Now, look, if he wins the briefcase and he goes and does whatever he's going to do, brother, you will not hear a negative word from me. I've been waiting for years for this push. But you can get why I'm a little bit hesitant to believe it, right? Like, I mean, come on. They've been pretty bad in, in hand in Big E. It sucks because the guy's so charismatic. Like, he's yeah. a world champion that you could slap that title on and send him on any talk show. That's why. And, he, and he's going to represent the company better than 90% of – 95% of that friggin' roster. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's sad. It really is. It's sad. So charismatic and charming, man. He has everything. You know, he has the look for it. He has the presence for it. And it's also like – let's be clear about this. He may not be like a top 10 wrestler in the world, but he, you can trust him to have good matches. Like, Big E's not going to phone it in. He kills it. He goes out there and works hard. Like, he's just such a miss. But I I want him to win it. I'm convinced Drew's winning that match. Like, I just am. Oh, buddy. Now, because I'll, I'll admit, I'm going to watch Money in the Bank because I'm on vacation from work. Dude, you love Money in the Bank. It's your favorite I, I, I do. I, I don't mind Money in the Bank. I really do. Are you on the show I, next I, week to talk about Money in the Bank? <laughs> oh, oh, shit, dude. I'm on vacation from work this week too. Yeah, we could do it. I think we did say that, didn't we? We yeah. did. You and look, I promise. Money. I promise I'll do homework. I promise. Okay. Yeah, we I promise I'll well. read some stuff. You know. Again, we don't. Yeah, I'm not really going to do any. You don't. No, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not going to go as far to say that I'll watch Raw on Monday. I'm not doing that. Oh God, no. But I promise I'll read some stuff on Fightful. <laughs> I'll catch up. I promise. Good plug, Good plug Jack. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, look, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Bob can he can join us some of those conversations with his awful optimism about something good happening. Um, oh, Drew McIntyre was that briefcase. I'm going to stick my head in the oven. Don't do that. Don't do that, Jack. Come on, man. You just you gotta you gotta. I be hate ready. this though. I hate this because Sorry, they built the top guy. They built him. But that's and not they, how they, they do things, Jack. You know this. We both know when they do a top guy, they are top guy for, for years. See, people. Here's the here's the thing. People say that WWE is not how to build top stars anymore. They do. Yeah. They don't know how to handle top stars. Is the they problem. also picked the wrong guys consistently? That's another thing. <laughs> like they can build. They, they WWE can make you believe anyone's a world championship contender. They yeah. make you believe that. But then when it comes to handling them from there, it's like that's where they start puking all over themselves. One of their other biggest problems is like when they make you go a top guy. They have to open and close every TV show, you know? Like they'll do a 10 minute promo. Yeah. And then they'll do, and it's like, listen, man, Roman Reigns may be able to do a 15 minute promo at the start of every show. Drew ain't that guy. There's very few of those guys in all of wrestling. To be clear, just be fair about this. Is he real? Wouldn't way, be, is, you wouldn't want him doing that. It's like, it's just is, it's a matter of usage. Is he really? And Bob, you watch Raw every week, right? Uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> is he? Because <laughs> I do like I watch the I watch all the tweets just to see just in case because if somebody debuts or something like I want to be able to turn to USA really quick if I have to. Yeah. But the thing I see about you, is he really doing like Scottish folk stories every week? Yeah, it's promos? weird. There's no real uh, reason for that, but uh, <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ! Jinder uh, took his sword though, so that's cool. Did he really? Yeah, I saw I saw Jinder like rolled up on a motorcycle or some shit. I yeah, Jinder's cool. I'm just let me put this out one more time because I need to do this on the main show. On the amount of major league analogies I saw for the World Wrestling Federation, 
Listen here, folks. Any show featuring Jackson Riker as a top five babyface is not in the major leagues, okay? It's Lads. just the one with the most people watching. It ain't no major league. Lads, what the hell is going on? Vince loves this guy, doesn't he? Vince yeah. loves yeah. this guy. Yeah. Of course he does, man. Like, we, we were just talking about Blake and Cutler earlier. Dude. They lost their jobs because of the shit he did, and he's still there. It's... Look, I, we everyone that watches this show knows the deal, and there are just people that live in like some sort of deluded shield. L- just read what your what your kind of uh, what I would say is this: listen to the people that are in the know, because like the writing's on the wall in terms of where people are at in their company morale wise. Is what it's right. As a fan, really, you can enjoy what you enjoy, but don't lie to yourself about it. Is what I really hope it changes when they go on the road. Now, and I'm not talking anything drastic. I'm not talking a complete 180, but like start trying to appeal to. But but you know what. The, the like poor Jeremy getting screwed over in the Cleveland show. <laughs> like that dog yeah, yeah, is yeah. that <clears throat> is another example of how this place is nothing more than a content factory. Yes, this is would, simply for television. They I don't also, care about you paying for a ticket. They, they, they I don't give a shit about that. It's this worth saying a, too. Love to rated C in the chat. We talked about Cedric Alexander. All this, there will be people that every time a wrestler fouls in the main roster, they'll blame the wrestler. Never forget that they had Cedric in the perfect position for Cedric Alexander. He was the workhorse of an awesome, iconic faction, and they just did it because they thought he was a loser. Never, ever convince yourself that's a fair system and your fave needs to just talk to Vince more. Please don't do it. The poor guy was in the role. He was there. They went out of their way to stop it. And now he's yeah. getting pinned by Jackson Riker. So, well. Yeah. And I think I think all four of those guys were like, "Don't break us up. This is a good thing," and just like didn't four. matter. Yeah. Didn't matter. No. No. They had to be having so much fun doing that. They were yeah. so successful. They were awesome. And they're like, "We're gonna break you guys up." <laughs> why, why? Why are you doing this? Why? Why are we here? It's like it's again that, that this is read the press man the podcast, but it's at some point when someone tells you over and over again they don't give a shit about what you think, you need to listen to them. That's all I would say. You know, like, and that's the truth. It's we all loved that act and they split up and everyone was like, maybe they're doing this, maybe they're doing that. No, nah, man, they were just splitting it up. Anyway, it's, it's, we're, we're heading over to Twitch. I don't know who's joining us. I have no idea. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> Jack and O'Neill are both free to join us mm-hmm. on the Twitch. It's a Christmas special. I got a little He's, bit of time. It's Christmas, yeah, guys. Here it's in Christmas on Twitch. Oh, I got to get my uh, Christmas sweater. Clear. I haven't got one. It's probably time. like a thousand degrees outside, O'Neill. We don't, we don't need to see that. Um, <laughs> O'Neill, do you want to plug anything? You can plug something. Uh, on Twitter at Robert O'Neill 31 and Distraction Choice, where we have a new Brock Lesnar podcast coming this weekend. What's the link for Distraction Choice? Uh, Patreon.com slash The Distraction. There you go. Good job, O'Neill. Jack, do you want to plug anything? Jack's on his phone. He's getting scoops. No, no, not really. Any college football <laughs> fans here? If you guys are college football fans, hit me up. Oh, I think we did have a super chat from J.K. Shaw. And I missed it. There it is. Jack, thoughts on Wisconsin's home field? <coughs> oh, so, okay. See, see this This is the Texas. Well, I actually have the subscription where I get the, sh- the one shirt from each school every week. I can't wait to get my Wisconsin one. <laughs> fair, that collection fair. is fire. Fire emojis. Tremendous. That's your plugs for the week then. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see Jack on Twitch. Um I have some. How good was Bob at that distraction choice one, by the way? How good, good was Bob? I, I, I was shocked he remembered the link. 
Relish up. Folks, I never do this. I haven't posted on there since JD Drake and the Butcher put me over. Wrestlingwithtakes.com, 24 articles <laughs> in one day. 24, one every hour. I have done three. I have 21 to do in only four days. That sounds like a very reasonable amount to put on someone that hasn't done a feature in five months. Self-inflicted wounds, as they say. God bless. Go over there. Twitter is on the screen. All that good stuff. See us on Twitch, folks. Everybody with me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Uh, it's Christmas celebration. I assume everybody has gifts for us. Um, you know, if you don't have a gift, you're not invited to our party. I, right? Isn't that, how, isn't that how it works? Look, guys, come with a gift. You knew about this Christmas celebration two days ago. Plenty of time to get us a gift. Uh, we'll be back next week. What are we doing? Are we doing anything the rest of this week, Joseph? Do we have anything tomorrow? Drugs. No? Yeah, fair. Um, we'll be back next week with Booty, Booty Week on the Twitch. It's Booty Week. Um, Tuesday, we have BPW Media Call. Friday, we have the, the BPW season finale. We'll be giving away a shirt. Um, maybe I'll show my actual ass cheeks on the main show on Thursday. Now, that's the one thing that'll get me fired. Apparently, I can get away with anything, but I I can't get away with showing actual ass. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Go to patreon.com slash the distraction choice. Subscribe to Fightful Select. Subscribe to youtube.com slash Fightful. Go to Fightful.com. Check everything out. We'll talk to you all later on. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.